Welcome to the Loveland Libcast, the official podcast of the Loveland Public Library. Joining me today for this very special episode of the Loveland Libcast is our returning YA book expert, teen librarian, Becca. Becca, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for keeping me around. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, of course. We have many more books to read. (laughs) And before we get to today's very special book, do you have some teen news or updates Yeah, I'll go through the next week of programs. So on Monday, we'll have the teen sewing workshop from 4.30 to 6. Just meet in the teen hangout for that one. On the 20th, which is a Thursday, we'll have teen D&D from 4.30 to 5.30. That one's always really fun. On Tuesday, the 25th, we have Tinker Tuesday from 4 30 to 5 30 and on january 27th which is a thursday well the teen bookends where we will be discussing the hunger games and your opinions that will be virtual from 4 30 to 5 30 and the zoom link is on the website also free books are available in the teen hangout So feel free to go pick up one of those. Thank you. Yeah, we are going to be talking about the Hunger Games today. And I can already recommend for anyone listening who has a teen or any teens who might be listening to grab a copy of the Hunger Games and go to bookends because this is this is a good one. This is I now understand why it's a classic. You want to start us off by reading the back of the book? Yeah. Could you survive on your own in the wild with everyone out to make sure you didn't live to see the morning? In the ruins of a place once known as North America lies the nation of Panem, a shining capital surrounded by 12 outlying districts. The capital is harsh and cruel and keeps the districts in line by forcing them all to send one boy and one girl between the ages of 12 and 18 to participate in the annual Hunger Games, a fight to the death on live TV. 16-year-old Katniss Everdeen, who lives alone with her mother and younger sister, regards it as a death sentence when she steps forward to take her sister's place in the games. But Katniss has been close to dead before, and survival, for her, is second nature. Without really meaning to, she becomes a contender. But if she is to win, she will have to start making choices that weigh survival against humanity and life against love. Thank you for that. The Hunger Games is by Suzanne Collins. It's a trilogy. The first book is called The Hunger Games. That came out in 2008. The second book is Catching Fire, which came out in 2009. And then Mockingjay came out in 2010. And I looked up Suzanne Collins on Wikipedia because <laughs> I was I was curious to learn more just because it's such a well-known book. And people might be familiar with the the movies that came out, four movies. I was a little surprised to learn that uh, Suzanne Collins got her start as a TV writer. Oh, for what? 
she was a writer on Clarissa Explains It All, <laughs> which what? was a show I definitely watched. <laughs> and yeah, then <laughs> and then she was the head writer for Clifford's Puppy Days. Um, yeah, so kids TV seems like is where where she got started. And then Ironically. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then and that that does make sense cuz uh she wrote the screenplay for I don't know if it was for each movie but for the first one for The Hunger Games. So she was couldn't be more perfect to be the person to write for it since she was the author of the book and had this TV experience. Yeah, you can definitely tell that the author had to do with the story because it's not one of those where you're like that's not in the book that's not in the book (laughs) it's actually pretty true to the books and tv plays such a big role in the story too that that also kind of makes sense that the author had some (laughs) ideas or (laughs) (laughs) understood understood tv as a medium and was saying things about it and then In 2020, a prequel spinoff came out called The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. So the world building has not ended. Did you read that newest one? I haven't. I have it, but I I haven't read it. (laughs) From what I understand, it's about President Snow when he was 18 and he was a mentor for The Hunger Games. So that's like his point of view. It sounds good. But I've just been in such a funk since uh, the pandemic started that I've been revisiting books that are familiar and comforting. So it's hard for me to get interested in other books. I try. <laughs> it just doesn't work. <laughs> but I will read someday. So your experience with this book, did you read The Hunger Games when it first came out? I read it between the books and movies. So all of the books had come out. I was in college and I read the first one. I skipped school for it because I got so into it that I was like, (laughs) this is more important in class. And so I finished it. I remember I was on my porch. It was like 1145 at night and I finished it. And the second I closed the book, I got in my car and I drove to Walmart. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I need this right now. And then I bought the second and third one and just binged it. I loved it so much. And then I finished the third one and then started the first one immediately after that. It was an obsession, but I loved it. (laughs) This was after the first movie had come out? It was right before. Right, okay. I remember I got surprised with tickets and was very excited. But one of my friends was trying to get me to read it before Mockingjay came out. It was so annoying. She followed me around reading it out loud. <laughs> I, would, I would agree to read it. Is it that was like, a tactic to get you interested in it? Yeah, it worked. <laughs> oh, yeah. all right. Well, <laughs> we'll have to implement that at the library. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because that time I was like, oh, I have to focus on school. Like I'll finish this semester and then I'll read it. And then when I actually read it, I was like, school. Yeah. <laughs> it was really fun to be able to see the movies right after I finished or the first movie, I guess. But That is cool, especially when you're not, you didn't have to wait. Yeah. They're all ready to go. You can, you can get the whole story. Yeah. I can't remember if we talked about this on the selection episode, but 
I had never read the Hunger Games before. Because yeah, I judged you for it. And I Yeah, and I I do enjoy reading books that are kind of in the zeitgeist, I guess, or have a big following. It's nice because I need people to talk to about it. Yeah, and it's it's working at a library when you're checking things out and people are asking you to put holds on things. It's fun to, for me at least, after a while, it's just sort of like, I got to see what this is all about. I enjoy finding out the appeal of things. And that does also, there's a practical kind of yeah. understanding that you can then, if someone's reads all those or they're looking for something else you can kind of or you can go okay well it has these elements maybe they'd also like this thing yeah so i i i definitely felt the <laughs> i knew it was a shameful thing too <laughs> no 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 i'm sorry <laughs> no 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 i i i mean not really but i i know i watched the first movie i think i watched the second movie and the third movie because i had memories of seeing stuff that I thought would be in the book or just didn't know which book it would be in. And so oh. when it didn't happen in the Hunger Games, I was like, oh, this stuff must happen in some of the following books. But I had no, it, I think this was when they first came out on DVD. So it's all kind of jumbled together. Yeah, it's a big story. Yeah, and only watching them once and not really remembering clear plot points but being sort of like okay i have a general idea of the the world and some of the big beats and the characters a little bit so it was fun to go back and really kind of see the, the source material do you think you'll read the other two <laughs> i watch the movies well i think i think eventually i will i have such a hard time with romance <laughs> in these books and i think when when we get to one of our five questions maybe i'll explore this a little further yeah. but uh -huh. but but kind of yeah i i did almost fire up all the movies and i did also i i read the wikipedia of each <laughs> book because i i don't i don't really care about spoilers so i was like what is the story you know, how do, how do these all connect? And that won't change whether or not I, I read something or enjoy it. So I have already, <laughs> I have a general understanding of, of what happens in these books. Before we dive into the spoiler zone and do our five questions, what is your spoiler-free review? And who do you think would love this book? I'm sure you could tell by what I said earlier. I love this book. <laughs> five stars for me. I think that a lot of people would love this book. My boyfriend read all three with me a couple years ago, and we had like our own little book club at home, and he doesn't read like at all. He'll read some horror manga every once in a while, but he's just not big on reading, and he loved it. So if he likes it, <laughs> I think a lot of other people would, and teens love it, adults love it. My son really wants to read it, but he's nine, so that's absolutely not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just think it's really great. There's a lot about survival, and I think anyone can relate to that and think like, what would I do in that situation? So it's not like, oh, high school was hard today, which some people can relate to, just most people can't. So yeah, I think pretty much anyone who doesn't mind romance too much <laughs> and 
is looking for something that'll kind of them reflect. And there's a lot of layers about social issues and I won't give any more away than that. <laughs> I think a lot of people would like it. I would also give it five stars. No book or album or movie or anything is perfect. But reading this, I really, I think I read it in three sittings. And it was clear why this has almost spun off its own genre, even within YA. So just reading it, it was it was like, okay, I, I, I totally understand the appeal. This is great. Doesn't matter your age. Well, I mean, <laughs> other than being <laughs> maybe too young, um, but but a teen or or an adult, it's just a fun. And I use that, you know, there's bad stuff that happens, <laughs> but but it, it's fun in the sense that it's a it's a real page turner. You're not in danger, <laughs> but yeah, it's fine. but it's thrilling and it's you know it's sad and it's scary. Like it just it's just a good story. Yeah, so I would give it five stars and. If you're into YA or you just want to discover this genre and check it out, you should definitely read The Hunger Games. It's it's as good as <laughs> as advertised, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, too, because I was thinking when you said it's kind of genre-defining, um, I know with YA books, every single one that comes out, it's like, this book is a mix of this one and this one. Like, for lovers of Casey West and Jenny Han or, <laughs> like... It's always a mix of two books, and you're like, come on, just let it be what it is. But Hunger Games is almost always one of them if it's not a romance. And I've seen adult books that are the same way, that are like, I don't know, Hunger Games versus 1984 or whatever. So it's appealing to adults too widely, I would assume, if that's a thing. Yeah. It's all mumbling. Can we cut that out? <laughs> no, I, I, I love that point you made. It really, 1984, I think is a great, you hear 1984. And I mean, even if you haven't read it, you almost context clues kind of yeah. know what someone's talking about. And the Hunger Games yeah. is similar because it's, that doesn't even really, the Hunger Games themselves are not really about hunger, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, but, but you hear that phrase and you kind of know exactly what that means. It has just tapped yeah. into something where, yeah, then it, it can define other things or it's, it's shorthand for just something that everyone can, can kind of get. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a good kind of classic YA in my opinion. You just, you should just try yeah. it out if you're interested. Well, I think we agreed on a five-star. Pretty much anyone who picks up the Hunger Games is probably going to enjoy it. We are ready like to, yeah, <laughs> to, to take this podcast into the spoiler zone. <laughs> if you dare. Oh, my favorite part. Spoiler zone. Welcome, everyone, to the spoiler zone. And the spoiler zone means that we are going to spoil the book. We are going to ask and answer five questions to one another and talk about anything in the book. So turn back now or press pause or uh, listen to this after you've read The Hunger Games because from now on, there will be spoilers in the spoiler zone. And I'll go ahead and start things off by asking you the cool. first question. Excellent. 
Do you think the tributes would behave differently if they weren't on live TV? Absolutely. I think that that's kind of proven with Katniss and Peeta, where she plans a lot of what she does, and it's very calculated with Peeta. I don't think she would have gotten snugly in the cave with him because she doesn't really care that much about him if it weren't for Hamish sending in drops from their sponsors. So if they weren't watching, then I don't think she would care at all. (laughs) She would definitely behave differently. But then there's other parts where, like when she covers Rue and all the flowers and everything, I think she still would have done that. It was kind of a jab to the capital, like she intended for it to be a rebellious thing. But I don't think that's why she did it. I think she did it because she loved Rue. I don't know about loved. They didn't really know each other for that long, but she really cared about Rue. And I think she did it for those reasons. But then like Cato, he's just a crazy animal. <laughs> he would have been that way whether there was cameras or not. He's just out for blood. What do you think? Yeah, I I totally agree. It's pretty explicitly spelled out for you in the book because it's all it's all from Katniss's point of view. And when the first thing, when she can't find water or she's looking for water and then she's thinking, you know, like, why isn't Haymitch, he should be rallying some sponsors to send me something. And then she starts thinking, oh, I bet he's not because I'm close. And so she's even thinking sort of what is the view that they're getting? And then, yeah, talks about her relationship with PETA and then they have kind of a romantic scene together and then they get food and she she sees that as sort of like okay I get the what's going on here if I behave this way I'll get rewarded with food even before that just the way that the whole thing is televised she's very aware of it and she's very sort of how am I going to present myself and gets coaching and costumes and it's very that illusion she is she's very aware of it and yeah, she <laughs> she's not she's not a very affectionate person beyond no. with her her little sister, and so she really has to get out of her comfort zone, just knowing that she's going to be relying on sponsor gifts. And part of what's going to help her win these is how she looks and people rooting for her. And she has that <laughs> understanding of like this is what it's going to look like on on TV when people are watching it. Agreed. Um, If you were in the Hunger Games, what would be your tactic for survival? What would be your weapon of choice? How long do you think you would make it? I think I probably would have gone the fox face route because she's just all about trying to survive. She's not really fighting anyone. She's more of like scavenger, stealth, don't be a target. I think that's... (laughs) That's where I would have gone with because it really the careers, they just seem like they're so, so much better prepared to do the killing. I don't think that I'm prepared at all (laughs) to kill anyone. (laughs) And I I think I would have had the mindset of like, I've got to outlast people. Like at the beginning, it seems like the only way you're going to get a weapon is if you run towards the cornucopia and grab something. And I would have, especially if my... uh, (laughs) the guy helping me or the gal helping me would have, if they were saying just run, just go find water should be your first thing. I would have, I would have done that. I would have just been 
total survival mode and then see how long <laughs> I can last. Uh, I feel like that would have been my only path to victory. How about yourself? Well, what would be your weapon? Oh, I, I think Tracker, it would have, it, it would have, <laughs> I would have just had to, when, when they were, yeah, when they got to train, I would have just gone for all of the survival kind of stuff. And so if it was traps or snares, anything where you could kind of set it and forget it, I don't think I, I would have gone for anything other than maybe a knife that had other utility where you could whittle things, cut food. Oh. Yeah, when there's... Like more of a tool than a weapon? Yeah. When there's people who all their life have been training for this and they're athletes, I would have just felt like I don't... <laughs> I just have to try to outsmart and outlast these people with traps and poison berries. <laughs> I like it. I would probably do something similar just try and outrun and hide i'm not a fighter i don't even like confrontation so <laughs> <laughs> i think i would die pretty early on honestly i would maybe even like accidentally go off the platform too soon just blow up <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm pretty clumsy maybe <laughs> when they do they do like the environmental you know when they want to create yeah. confrontation they'll do fires or floods or yeah it's just like yeah. even the best laid plans but right it won't yeah work. for me i i think it would be a far cry just be like all right i'm gonna have to start you know <laughs> i'm gonna get a sword and just go to town <laughs> yeah. i think i would definitely want like a projectile i wouldn't want a melee weapon because I, I don't want to get that close to people yeah. And it feels less less damaging to you as a person if you're doing it from a distance rather than, like, stabbing someone. Yeah. But I did notice there's no guns, and I feel like that's interesting commentary on guns and, like, how that changes the, changes the field. But I would want Katniss's bow, obviously. That would make it better from a distance, but... I don't know, something where they can be far away from me and get hurt. <laughs> Even if I don't want to see myself hurting you. <laughs> yeah, and I guess, I guess too, an element of that depends on what district you're from. Because yeah. I can't remember which district, but the guy who kind of aligned himself with the careers because he knew about mines, and so he yeah, was able to create the mine. That was District 3? I think. It's two or three. Yeah. I think three, though. So he had this knowledge, and so he's able to, to do something with the minds. And so that just made me think, like, okay, it kind of depends. You might come with some skills that yeah, sort of... I don't really need a weapon. Yeah. Rue, similar thing, where she, she was good at moving from tree to tree and kind of, like, stealth and, and quickness. And she had... She knew what food she could collect and gather and eat. Yeah, your district kind of informs. Or if, you, <laughs> if you're from a richer district, you might be a career too. Yeah. Or just be like, I'm not a career, so I probably won't be in this at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. They'll volunteer for you so they can get in. <laughs> Question three. Why do you think some characters, like Katniss and Thresh, feel as though they owe someone for kindness, and others, like PETA, never expect payment for their kindness shown. 
even though I chose this question <laughs> to put in bookends, I've been struggling with it so much because I don't know. Obviously, it's because Katniss and Thresh haven't really received kindness without having something be expected from them. But for Katniss, could that be because she's from District 12? Because it kind of seems like at the hob and everything, people help her out, but they don't really expect anything. And Pete is also from District 12, and he feels differently. So maybe it's like projecting, like Peta never expects anything for being kind, but Katniss and I don't know, maybe Thresh are so caught up in their survival mode that being kind costs them something and it makes it harder to survive. So they expect something in return. So it's like their own outlook, maybe. What do you think? Yeah, I kind of arrived at a similar opinion on this in that it just has to do with their worldview, which is probably shaped by the conditions that they lived in, where, yeah, Katniss, especially since it was all about survival and she was kind of responsible for her family. So it was a lot of bartering and getting a fair deal and knowing what kind of deal you can get with people. So things things have to run on a very well-defined transactional system, knowing that, okay, if I get these squirrels, I can trade them to the mayor, and but yeah. this person can't see me. And so everything's very defined with Thresh. I interpret it that he has this mindset of, you know, it's survival. He needs to win. But in order to give someone mercy, he's defining it as this sort of, well, you sh- were showing a kindness to someone from my district. And so I need to pay that back. And this is how I'm going to do it. It's not just enough to go <laughs> to say, <laughs> I'm not going to kill you. Yeah. yeah. With PETA, he's from the, a family where they were bakers. And Katniss, her idea was that, oh, PETA, all his life, he's just been able to eat. And that's not an issue. And you know, they're always making delicious bread and stuff. And then it turns out that that's not exactly true because his family isn't eating the best of the best. They have to sell that while they're not going hungry. They're not getting to eat the the stuff that they're making. That's great. They're luxury. Yeah, exactly. Like they're just eating what they need to survive too. But maybe that informed him where it's, he wasn't in that position to be starving or maybe that's just, just kind of more of his personality. Yeah. Because you don't get you don't get a ton of background on Thresh, but right. So everything I say is just assumptions. Um, yeah, but he does. But he does very specifically have this moment. I'm doing this for this reason, and yeah, no I don't. Reason. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and Katniss is very much her mind works that way of of tra- everything is transactional and. Yeah. And she's always second guessing people's motivations. Why would you do this thing? Oh, they must be wanting this or self-preservation is at the top of her, which which then makes you think like, okay, Thresh probably, there must be something like that for him too. And even with Katniss, there were times when Peter would do something kind and she'd be like, Ugh, I can't kill him now because yeah. he did something kind, <laughs> so I better do something back. Yeah. Not because I feel like it, but because <laughs> that's what I need to do. Yeah. <laughs> Like, maybe she'll feel less guilty killing him if she's nice. Yeah. I, don't, I feel like that's a rabbit hole that we could talk about for <laughs> hours. <laughs> okay. Next question. I know you're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> I picked it, so I better. <laughs> that's true. 
um, Pandem dictates that I ask this question. Team Peta or Team Gail? Okay, so... (laughs) (laughs) So I watched the movies first. I know I watched at least one. I think I made it through... My guess is that part two of Mockingjay hadn't come out yet or wasn't available on streaming or DVD or whatever. Because I remember a lot of the kind of rebel stuff. That's what I was kind of alluding to. Oh, yeah. Because the first book doesn't get into any of that. Like, you have no idea that there's there are people who are working against the capital. It's all just sort of presented as they control everything and people are just trying to survive. And then they talk about District 13 just being totally destroyed And as kind of an example of like, if you rebel, you're going to wind up like that district. So as I'm reading this, I'm like, okay, is it going to be at the very end? Because I I couldn't even remember what the rebels do. (laughs) But I was like, I just know they're there. And I kind of remember Gail being part of it. And I just had these kind of things rattling around in my brain. And... And then, so I was looking at the movies and then I saw that the, this is the dumbest thing in the world. I will totally, I I looked into the who's playing who and I saw that the actor who played PETA was like five foot five. (laughs) So I was like, I was like, I don't, cause in the book, he's not, he's not a little guy. Oh, yeah yeah he's, he's kind of more of a, and, and his thing too is that he's strong. That's what. They say, yeah. go in there, and when you're showing off, show them how strong you are, like throw stuff around. And in my mind, I'm picturing this little, <laughs> this smaller actor, and yeah. and it, it just really confused me. I guess if I have to be on a team, I guess I would be Team PETA, because he is, he is a good guy, even though it's, I wish I didn't know the movie stuff, because <laughs> then I probably would have, I probably would have liked him even more yeah but yeah he's just the only thing that really kind of irritated me about him is is he was a he was a little useless in (laughs) in in ways where i was it was like yeah i mean he played kind of a good game at first i don't know i want to see a little more (laughs) A little more backbone, I guess. <laughs> but maybe but maybe in the other books, you get to see that side. I'm just judging it from this one book. And he, he kind of played his, I'm on the side of the careers. And then I guess he got stabbed. <laughs> and then he was just sort of, sort of useless outside of that, other than providing kind of emotional support and grounding Katniss. You got to give him credit for it because he was... He was kind of there to compliment her in a way that she she needed to to survive as well. And maybe his kind of being useless also made her (laughs) jump into like, okay, I got to I got to make sure this guy survives. So so you're you must be team PETA all the way. I love PETA so much. (laughs) Um, I do think that the casting was wrong for him. I love Josh Hutcherson, the actor. I love him. And I love PETA, but I don't think, based on the description in the book, I don't think that they went well together. But yes, Team PETA, he's wonderful. I like that he's kind. That's my favorite thing. But I don't know. With these fandom him or him things, I always have the issue where I think, personal, like this person, 
but for Victor, who's in the love triangle tonight, it's not always the person that I would think. I do think, I don't even know if either of them for her. That's a common thing that I have because <laughs> Gail is, is a lot like her, but like a little too much. So they're almost more like brother and sister. And if you have two people that are exactly the same, then that's not a good relationship necessarily. It can be really bad. And Pina is incredibly kind, but maybe he could help Katniss to be like, hey, let's, let's take it back. <laughs> let's step back from this and see how things actually are. And I do think that he tethers her to reality instead of getting caught up in all of that and obviously it worked out they survived <laughs> but I don't know I love him so much and it made me mad at her because I do know the whole story I've read it a couple times I've watched the movies a couple times but throughout the book when she'd be like he said he loves me what is he up to in my head I'd be like Katniss you're so stupid why are you being so mean to Peter he's just he's a little sweetie lay off <laughs> But I love Peter so much. So Team Peter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think you kind of you touched on why I just when I see the romantic moment coming, I'll just be like, skim, 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 skim. Okay, they're back to <laughs> not talking yeah. about that. I think part of the thing, and I know again all prefaced with I am not the audience for this it's just not my thing but that idea that maybe it is always kind of two people in this case it's I don't get Peta just saw her and then was in love with her for his whole life and it's like yeah. they didn't interact and it, I don't know that's not that's not enough for me it's just sort of he didn't even try to talk to her yeah and then maybe he was scared. I don't, I'd be kind of scared <laughs> yeah and it's just it's just <laughs> sort of like and that's where I guess like the, the audience thing, because it is it's when you're a teen, like that's kind of puppy love thing is what you've got. You don't know someone, you just kind of see them and you know, and you haven't you haven't lived very long, so you're not <laughs> you haven't had different relationships and, and all that stuff. One guy hunts with her and I guess he's a hunk, so that turned out nicely. And then <laughs> the the other guy who gets drawn just happens to be a hunk in a different kind of, and it's just like the, the, the whole uh, YA love triangle. <laughs> yeah. Where it's just. Dark and fruity and then the other one is light. And yeah. And it's super hot. Who are you going to pick? <laughs> yeah. It's not believable enough for me to be invested in it, I guess. I just get more interested in her when she's trying to survive and, you know, she's coming up with plans. Like, how am I going to get, they have all the, the food from the cornucopia stacked up. That stuff is where I was, oh, turning the page. And then when yeah. it's just snuggling in a cave and it's raining, I'm just kind of like, <laughs> oh, whatever. Like, I don't. <laughs> right. But that's, I feel like that part is still important because it's showing her calculating her next move. And it's not romance for her. For her, it's survival. Yeah. But I just don't think Katniss has time for romance. <laughs> have to be any. I, I don't like Peter for her. I just love Peta as a character. Yeah, yeah. And it is, I mean, I. it's undeniable that it's an interesting kind of commentary or just think about she is playing it up because it's being televised. It becomes an issue at the end of the book where it's like, I thought yeah. 
I thought those feelings were real while they were real to me, you know, and it's that, that kind of what, what was for the camera and what was genuine. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I guess that's where I have that hang up. I was like, well, PETA, you don't really know her. Like you've spent, you know, two (laughs) weeks with her. So how genuine are your, they may feel real to you, but (laughs) you're also trauma bonded. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sort of. And there's a couple points where she does stop and she's like, Oh, do I really feel this way toward him? Because like, I think I'm into him. Just kidding. No, (laughs) keep pushing on. Yeah. (laughs) She might feel that way, but she might not. All right. We have one more question. What about this series appeals to so many people? I think that it's because it's kind of taboo. It's children murdering each other while a bunch of people watch. So like, it's like one of the flies. That one's a classic too. And it's all pure violence. And it's about animalistic instincts and survival instincts. And I don't know. I just think it's kind of fun to think about what you would do in that position even if it's you think you would punch president snow in the face so that none of it would happen (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think it's well written the world building is just enough where you get what's going on and there's some fantastic elements to it that are cool like how people in the capital dress all flamboyantly and they have this cool technology yeah i think there's a lot to be said for that taboo thing and just how high the stakes are where they're genuinely high. Cause you, you read a lot of things where you just kind of, you know, the danger just sort of feels manufactured in a way where you're like, well, I know that this main character, nothing is going to happen to him. Yeah. And this really, you do feel like they're in danger. You feel like everyone's in danger and that violence that they're forced to commit on each other you start to like some of these characters and then they're, (laughs) they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. And you, this, this isn't going to be fake stakes. These, Mm -hmm. these people are really struggling to survive and it does have that kind of Lord of the flies feel to it, but then it's just well done. Like the, the story has great momentum. There are moments that just stand out to you. You care about the characters. Katniss is, She's just one of those characters where you just kind of, she's just going to stand out in your mind when you're done. It's just sort of, she's sort of a singular kind of unforgettable character. Um, yeah. And there's just, there's just a lot of a great imagery and it, it makes sense that someone, someone who had all this experience as a TV writer, because there are these images where you're like, oh, that, <laughs> you yeah. know, like the Mockingjay pen and like it's written in this kind of cinematic way. It's very easy to visualize. Yeah. And it covers the what ifs too. So it's like when I watch a movie or read a show, I'm like, oh my gosh, what if you just do this? That'll solve all your problems. But in that one, it was at the end. She was like, oh no, I did something to make the capital mad. What's going to happen to my family? What's going to happen to Pita? So it's like it covers all the repercussions of every move that she's going to make. It's not just like one of the I don't know, one dimensional stories where it's like this happens, then this happens, then this happens, and everyone lives happily ever after because that's how it should be. Yeah. It's like she has to think about the how everything is going to have a ripple effect and what's going to happen based on not eating the berries or cutting the tracker jackers or I don't know, pretending to love PETA. Yeah. There's 
plot points and what she talks about or describes or thinks about, it doesn't feel like it's there just as a convenient, like, oh, <laughs> I need something here. It, it feels like a world that is exists and is fleshed out. It makes the action very kind of plausible. And yeah, there's just, there's just a lot of, a lot of cool beats in the book when she's performing to get her grade and they're they're ignoring her and then she loses her temper and shoots the <laughs> the pig that they're about to eat and is like oh <laughs> like acknowledges that she lost her temper and is like i'm probably going to get killed or kicked out for this like this is I, yeah and it's mm-hmm. not i'm cool and you know every, they're impressed <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is what happens but it's not just yeah. right away. But then even after that, she's like, oh, are they setting me up for failure because they gave me a really high score to know I'm a big target for everyone. There's all these repercussions. Yeah. And she is a super cool character. Um, I'm sure that a lot of other people who are fans of the series have gone through similar things. But when I have gone to sh- shoot a bow and arrow <laughs> since reading, I'm always like, ooh, I'm a chemist. <laughs> I'm going to win the Hunger Games for every time I braid my hair a certain way. Yeah. It's, it's just one of those fun things. Yeah. I'm so cool. I was thinking about this, especially the towards the, the end of the book. She's so full of self-doubt. She's always questioning herself or she's not someone who thinks she's super awesome. She hardly acknowledges things that she's great at or good at. I mean, it's beyond humble. It's just like she's... <laughs> She doesn't even really have that mindset. It's just sort of, it's all about survival. And she does, she got good at the bow to survive kind of thing. And it made me, it would be really interesting to read the same plot almost, but like a different character just to kind of see how Katniss comes off because her internal monologue is so, to me, something that I could empathize with having all those doubts and not. Right. Not knowing what's going to happen and feeling you don't you don't have control over things and other people are probably just seeing this very like <laughs> stoic, Capable, awesome, competent. yeah, yeah, just someone who who gets stuff done and is very skilled and competent and all these things, but getting her internal monologue or dialogue is is yeah. very sort of like. <laughs> Uh, not not knowing what's going to happen and and yeah a lot of doubt and it's it's just something that it 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 also grounds the story uh in a way where it's like other stories do that um but i don't know this is this this is just done in such a way where it's very i don't know it just it just feels yeah grounded and believable and that that makes uh makes you care about her and also maybe helps when like when they do start killing each other you're rooting for her and you're worried about her and yeah you know that this isn't going to be a walk in the park for her or any of the characters and it makes yeah it's it doesn't it doesn't really dwell on the violence or anything like that it doesn't it doesn't glorify it it yeah it's not a constant bloodbath either it's yeah, there are people like that, but it's not the whole thing. Yeah, I think it's just it just has a lot of themes that are relatable, and I'm sure as a teenager, or young adult reading this, where a lot of things do feel like survival, where you don't control things and you don't, you're not part of the decision making process. You're just at the other end of, oh, 
now I'm in the Hunger Games <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> but feeling you are, despite all the doubt, you are strong enough to deal with adversity and you, you are resourceful and can be awesome too. And beyond just the, the kind of action-packed ride you're on, it's, it's, it's very just kind of poignant deals with entertainment and love and what we show people and what it means to be struggling and even like income disparity yeah yeah hopefully we can't all relate to district 12 level but like (laughs) yeah (laughs) or whatever we're like come on dude that's that's the capital (laughs) we're canvas yeah and no one's like hamish obviously has his sponsors give her bread and soup and stuff, but Peter doesn't save her, she saves him. So that's that's pretty cool to see in a book is that like like you said, yeah, she's struggling, but she has the power to save herself and she she uses her tools at her disposal and her know how and everything to get out of their life. Yeah. Well <laughs> I could keep going for a Oh yeah. I I, I I yeah, I I liked it a lot. It was very easy to read and it was just the whole time I was like, okay, yeah, I I get this, I get the appeal. I'm I like it. I'm enjoying this. Yeah, the Hunger Games. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> read it. Well, Becca, thanks for coming back to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's always super fun. It's a lot of fun to to get to read and talk books with you. We will definitely do this again. And uh, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Loveland Libcast. And I will talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Loveland Libcast. If you'd like to contact us about the podcast, please reach out to Daniel at daniel.tate at cityofloveland.org. That's D-A-N-I-E-L dot T-A-T-E at cityofloveland.org. See you next time.